0: On this week's show, Mercari partners with Venmo, Etsy partners with John Legend, and eBay tries a new pickup line to get you to partner with their international shipping program. What is up, Galaxians? Welcome to episode number 203 of the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. My name is Ryan, and I am a full-time reseller, part-time YouTuber, and podcaster working out of my home here in the greater Cincinnati area. And this channel is all about the flip life. We have got a bunch of reselling news this week uh, with updates from Amazon, Etsy, Mercari, and more. And we've got some interesting items in the What's Sold recap at the back end of the show, so you'll want to be sure to stick around for that as well, if you're into the technical part of podcasting, uh, I am recording today on a new microphone. I picked up the Neat King B2 last week. This is my first time using it. It's a if you if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it's a really interesting looking piece. You can't quite see all of it, but it is definitely a unique looking microphone. So so far, I think it sounds pretty good. You can let me know if you're watching on YouTube. You can let me know in the comments. Uh, but with all that having been said, let's get into this reselling news. updates. So I posted this the other day over on my Instagram account. If you're not following me over there, it's at Galaxy CDs rocks, but Mercari now accepts Venmo. This article is on seller 365. And as always, I will link to all of these in the show notes and the video description below, but uh, they now in a move aimed at improving user experience and boosting sales. The popular online marketplace Mercari has announced that it now accepts Venmo as a payment option. Macari, the article says, known for its user-friendly interface and extensive product listings, allows individuals to buy and sell new or used items. With the addition of Venmo, a leading digital wallet service, Macari sellers can now offer their buyers a seamless and convenient payment option. Venmo is widely recognized for its simplicity and popularity among users. It enables peer-to-peer transactions and secure money transfers. Mercari aims to enhance buyer confidence and reduce transaction friction, which is always a good thing. I don't know that this addition by Mercari is a game changer for them overall, but anything that can reduce obstacles and, as they mentioned, friction between the buyer and completing the transaction can be nothing but good. This integration will allow Mercari sellers to tap into the existing Venmo user base, potentially expanding their customer reach, And increasing sales, one of the big advantages they note, split payments with Venmo on Mercari purchases. In addition, Venmo users can split payments with friends and family on Venmo, snag it on Mercari, and easily split the cost from the Venmo app, which is kind of cool. They mentioned that the security aspect is another significant benefit. Venmo's robust payment infrastructure provides protection against fraudulent transactions, instilling trust in both buyers and sellers. There is a link this article to Mercari's full blog post on how this is all going to work. So if you're inclined to check that out, uh, that will all be here in the show notes and the video description below for you. So eBay made an announcement uh, this week, ostensibly to warn people about some changes in international shipping rules and regulations. For me, this was a kind (laughs) of ham-handed way to try to get people to sign up for their new international shipping program. International shipping, they say, is becoming more complex as more regulations come into effect or are enforced. Sellers who are self-shipping internationally are required to comply with international shipping regulations. If you are self-shipping, below are some updated regulatory requirements you should know. Note that these aren't exclusive and, if not complied with, your item could be held at customs or returned, and you may face fines and other penalties. Harmonized system HS codes will be required for items being exported to the European Union. Customs uses those codes to properly identify products for duties and tax. There is a link to the harmonized system codes. I know when I ship things overseas on Mercari, they do request a harmonized code. So I'm familiar with some of those. But if you're not familiar with that program, there is a link in here. European Union rules now require detailed product descriptions. Increased regulations surrounding hazmat goods, restricted items, and hazardous materials aren't always the same thing. You can learn more about it by uh, clicking the link again in this article. One of the requirements of the EU Digital Services Act is that sellers must offer a minimum of 14-day returns. The DSA also requires sellers to register and they may be responsible for package recycling fees. I've seen this pop up several different times. So... There's a lot going on if you're doing ship on your own international shipping. And this is eBay's subtle uh, little pitch. Smart ship tip. Remove the paperwork and guesswork with eBay international shipping. Simply ship to our domestic hub and eBay will take care of everything, including customs and returns for you. You can learn more about it by clicking on the handy link (laughs) uh, in the article. So there you go. If you're shipping on your own internationally, the, the international shipping program, when it works correctly, does take all of the guesswork out of it. You don't have to do really anything. You ship your item to eBay and they're responsible for the rest of it. There is a downside to that, which we will get into here in a few minutes. Uh, But it's a, in theory, it's a really great program and it eliminates all of that extra paperwork and any of the licensing fees and so on that you might incur, particularly in the European Union. So good news, bad news. There. So here's, here's some more bad news. eBay uh, openly admits to competing with sellers. Through the years, eBay has positioned itself as a platform that doesn't compete with its sellers, setting itself apart from its primary competitor, which they view as Amazon. Except for eBay-branded boxes and shipping supplies it offers to seller, eBay has never been directly involved in selling products to the general public. That's why this quote from Chad Stewart, the director of U.S. exports at eBay, caught the writer's attention At uh, again at Seller 365 discussing the mechanics of this new eBay international shipping program. Those returned items come back to our hub in Chicago, at which point we are then preparing those items to be sold again on the site. So they're handling all the returns. The returns come back to eBay. eBay is not shipping the product back to you. You keep your money. Everything is hunky-dory eBay then is now going to prepare that item to be sold by eBay. So these items will not be destroyed unless obviously they're somehow they've come back to us destroyed. The vast majority of these items will end up finding another home with a buyer within the U.S. as we try to list those items on the site as well. The writer notes this is the first time an executive at eBay has admitted to a plan That had the marketplace selling items on the platform competing with sellers, which is true. I don't know how many international returns they expect to get, uh, but there will definitely be some and eBay is planning on selling those. They did not elaborate on the specifics of how the process was going to work. This writer supposes that it's probable that eBay will engage a liquidator to handle the sale of these items on their behalf. The objective of this approach is, of course, to recover as much of the program's no-return hassles feature expense as possible given that the company is essentially providing the service at no charge. In fact, it's actually cheaper, they say, for fees than their previous international programs. So if you're using it, in theory, you're getting a better deal, but they're going to try to recoup some of the expense of that by selling the items that get returned. Stephen Priest, the CFO at eBay, confirmed in the company's last earning calls that the international shipping program, quote, also gives us the ability to dial up our charges depending on what the costs we incur for the international shipping. So that, to me, opens the door for this program to eventually increase in price uh, for them to start charging you a fee. Right now, it is a free service, as they mentioned, but they are, of course, constantly evaluating it. And I suppose, at least according to this, there's a chance that down the road, They're going to start charging for it. He further explained that the company expected eBay International Shipping to become a profit center by the end of the year. So uh, they expect to make money on it. How exactly? I'm not sure. If it's through just the collection of the fees and the sale of these returned items. But according to this article, this will be the first time that eBay is really in direct competition with their sellers. Are you tired of the same old boring puzzles Mix things up with Wongo Puzzles. Each puzzle is a custom design with intricate patterns and whimsical shapes that will keep you engaged for hours. Plus, their eco-friendly materials and commitment to sustainability make Wongo Puzzles a guilt-free way to unwind. They are 100% wooden puzzles. They'll last forever. Each piece is hand-drawn, so no two pieces are the same, and you'll discover some fun whimsy pieces as you work through it. They come in a custom box, which is perfect for storage and gifting. With stunning designs and unique shapes, Wongo puzzles are a cut above the rest. I love doing the snow globe puzzle myself. It was great to pull out a puzzle and be done in a night and not have it on the table for a week. What are you waiting for? Go to WongoPuzzles.com and pick your puzzle today. And be sure to use the promo code GALAXY to get 10% off your order. This is the most fun you've had with a puzzle guaranteed or your money back. Go to W-O-N-G-O puzzles.com and use the code galaxy to get 10% off your order and get puzzling right now. Uh, We talked a little bit last week about eBay open. They did make an announcement. There is an event date change. So if you were planning on attending any of the eBay open stuff, uh, we'd like to share that we've updated the dates for eBay open 2023. The event will now take place September 26th through the 29th, and you'll still have a chance to join us both in person and virtually. The in-person eBay Open Studios kickoff is Tuesday, September 26th in Atlanta, Philadelphia, Chicago, and Phoenix. That will then be followed by three days of seller-led sessions, category breakouts, inspiring keynotes, networking opportunities, and more from Wednesday the 27th through Friday the 29th. General registration for the event begins on August 1st, but you can sign up to get early access on July 31st and be the first to grab a spot in line. Uh, They do note some new things for eBay Open. They're going to be, uh, again, these live in-person events on the 26th. There will be more seller-led sessions. There will be a live question and answer session. That will be very interesting. (laughs) Uh, Instant replay of the sessions will be available within the event platform. So if you're attending one session and you miss part of another one, you can go back and watch it, which is kind of cool. There will be interactive sessions with demos, interviews, Q&A, and real world examples. Free swag each day. That's always a big uh, benefit. And an expanded sponsor expo, including vendors to help manage and grow your business. So they're charging sponsors, vendors to come in and have apparently a place to talk to you here at eBay Open. So just be aware that the date did change. Last thing over on eBay, this article appeared on Supercar Blondie of all places. Uh, A super yacht is the most expensive item ever sold on eBay. So this is not really reselling news. It's just an interesting thing. This uh, giga yacht, it's a massive, has its own spa, swimming pool, gym, movie theater, and helicopter pad, and more, which we'll get to here in a second. Uh, The article says, everybody knows eBay is the place to go to sell your unwanted items as well as making some cash on the side. It's a good place to grab a bargain. This thing was sold to a billionaire, Roman Abramovich, who has the record for spending the most money on eBay after buying this 405 foot long super yacht. Uh, If you're not familiar with him, he is a Russian who made his uh, money, I believe, in the oil industry over there, bought... Uh, the Chelsea Football Club in England. I believe he currently l- resides in England. The Frank Mulder-designed Giganaut is not your... Giga-yacht, rather, is not your average super yacht. It has a spa, swimming pool, gym, movie theater, helicopter pad, uh, a 3,000-square-foot master suite, 10 multi-level suites with panoramic windows, eight guest rooms, a children's cabin, two large guest tenders, a ski boat stored in the garage, and... As if that's not enough, a submarine can be launched from dry dock as well. (laughs) Uh, So this is a massive, massive ship. The article points out that when it was first listed, it had not yet even been built. As the story goes, he was not the first person to bid on it. One other person placed a bid, but it was only for $10. So why this guy bid that much money? I don't know. It sold for $168 million, which makes it significantly more valuable than the second most expensive item to sell on eBay. Uh, which was a Gulfstream 2 luxury plane with space for 12 that sold for just over $5 million. So big, big gap there. But I just thought that was really interesting. I don't even know how it popped up in my feed. But uh, there you go. The most expensive item ever sold on eBay. Moving over to Etsy. Uh, John Legend has teamed with what they call underrepresented creatives on a first Etsy collaboration with the help of 12 I'm sorry, 11 Etsy sellers across five countries. The singer delivers a casual lifestyle collection. If you're not familiar with him, he is a global superstar. This says a singer. Now he's looking to use his elevated platform to give a voice to marginalized groups with his first Etsy collection. He's partnered with Etsy stores with a focus on centering on female designers and people of color to put together an assemblage of limited edition decor and lifestyle items. While natural materials and warm earth tones tie the group together, each piece has its unique story. His personal style, they say, did inspire the composition of the collection. The set includes ceramics and pots in beiges and browns, hand-woven Agula baskets, textured pillows, and even some offerings for shoppers with animal companions like dog beds. Uh, He says, I like to surround myself with high-quality products from the hands of real people who love and are very intentional about their craft. He worked with 11 sellers from Poland, to Bulgaria, Canada, the UK, and the US, and he prioritized striking a balance between his own style and the individual aesthetics of the creatives that he partnered with. It was a very special experience for me, he said, to collaborate with all these talented artists because the finished results also tell the story of their producers. Uh, Two of the sellers this article points out were from the Gula basket weaving community in South Carolina who use their work to carry on the legacy of their African ancestors. As early as the 17th century, the Gula people were forcibly transported to America from various parts of Africa and, of course, then were enslaved through decades of hardship. The Gula have preserved their cultural and spiritual connection to nature via these weaving techniques passed down through now eight generations This is considered the oldest African craft tradition in the United States. So really cool that he partnered with these. He is already working. This says on a second endeavor with the digital marketplace, Uh, his next project will feature winter decorations and holiday gift ideas and is set to be released towards the end of the year. So if you're a big John Legend fan uh, and you're an Etsy shopper, This is a match made in heaven. (laughs) Uh, Here's some things, however, that are not a match made in heaven. Uh, Etsy has had to explain its payment reserves and how they use them to safeguard their marketplace. So a lot of sellers have noticed recently, for some reason, that their, their money is being held up on Etsy. In response to growing inquiries regarding payment reserves, Etsy has released detailed information explaining the significance of this safeguard. When a seller's payment account has an active reserve, a percentage of their earnings from physical orders will not be available immediately for deposit. This precautionary measure ensures that sellers can meet customer demands by shipping orders promptly and providing reliable customer service. These reserve funds, they note, are released for deposit once the order has been shipped and is in transit confirmed through tracking number and tracking events with the postal carrier. Uh, the article points out the analysis revealed that on average funds from most orders became available to sellers within two weeks of the order date in 2022. So that's a pretty big gap. Uh, doesn't really align with the tracking and in transit, but there you go. They do mention um, there are various risk factors that include a sudden surge in order volume. If you're a small time seller and all of a sudden you get a bunch of orders, they're probably going to put some of that money on hold. Consistently missing tracking information or events. That's really out of your control. If you, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago on this show, if USPS fails to scan properly as the thing moves through their system, it's hard for me to wrap my head around why Etsy would penalize you for that. But that is one of the things that could trigger this uh, failure to ship orders on time. So whatever you have set up for your shipping time, make sure you hit that uh, recent increase in refunds or if you're a new shop on the marketplace, they do outline several risk factors that may trigger an account reserve. They can be imposed or removed from a payment account at any time, and a shop may experience multiple reserves if they continue to meet those risk criteria. They do say to minimize, there are some steps you can take whenever possible. Provide tracking information. Ah, what do you know? <laughs> uh, that Etsy can verify enabling the release of the held funds, ensure timely order fulfillment, and consider adjusting your pro- processing times if necessary. If you have two-day handling and you can't hit it, stretch it to three or do whatever you need to do to make it a number that you can hit. Only mark orders complete once they've been handed over to the shipping carrier. Respond promptly to customer messages aiming to reply within 24 hours. That, of course, is one of the big things with their Star Seller program as well. So if you want to qualify for that, answering customer inquiries quickly and professionally is also key and stay informed about seller policies to ensure compliance Uh, if you have more questions there's a handy link in this article as well to the etsy help center amazon apparently has uh some of their sellers pretty worried uh they're working hard to help sellers verify accounts numerous amazon sellers this article's on uh e-commerce bites are worried or even panicked that their accounts are in jeopardy over a sometimes rocky verification process that has been ongoing since May. A spokesperson for Amazon provided the following statement. We are working diligently to support our selling partners in meeting the new Inform compliance obligations. We've talked numerous times on the show about the inform act and the additional disclosure requirements involved with that. We are seeing a A significant number of sellers successfully complete these obligations for their accounts every day to ensure sellers go through the proper steps and help minimize the burden on small businesses. We have been communicating regularly with instructions and resources. We have a large group dedicated to calling sellers to walk them through this process and answer any questions. But one example of what sellers have been dealing with was a notice that Amazon sent on the 1st of June that included a section That was headed. What actions do I need to take with the following message to avoid disruption to your disbursements? Follow the instructions below to verify your information no later than June 8th of 2023. But there were no instructions (laughs) (sighs) that I I know stuff slips through the crack, but man, that's that's kind of a big one. The spokesman did confirm that a small number of sellers had received that message in error, and they said they advised those sellers that they were not at risk for hold disbursements and should check their account health dashboard to determine if they really needed to do anything further. Uh, some sellers expressed frustration that Amazon kept a displaying a deactivation banner on their account, even after they completed the process. So there's some technical glitches on the back end as well. So this has been really messy. We talked last week, I believe about uh, Etsy was going to be contacting sellers for this very reason as well. So this is all coming Kind of to a head because this the Inform Act goes into effect at the end of this month on June 27th. So sellers describe the process as slow, uh, having to go through it with a postcard actually being sent out to them to verify the address. So there's just a lot going on there. Uh, If you're an Amazon seller, let me know in the comments if this is something that has affected you. But that is uh, driving Amazon sellers up a wall. Speaking of being driven up a wall, they are answering new questions about their new FBA delivery window requirement. So they're making some changes over there as well. (laughs) Uh, They held a chat session last Tuesday where it answered questions from sellers who use the fulfillment service about a new requirement when sending inventory to Amazon FBA called the Send to Amazon Delivery Window. Amazon described this as a new requirement that began on April 24th on the send to Amazon shipment creation process. When sellers create a non-Amazon partner carrier shipment, that's a mouthful, so someone that is not partnered already with Amazon, they are now asking you to provide a delivery window, which is an estimated date range of when sellers expect their shipment to arrive at the fulfillment centers. Given the variability in transportation lead times, they're asking for a date range a delivery window is a seven days for domestic shipments, 14 days for international. The window provides Amazon an expected arrival for seller shipments, so Amazon can better manage incoming shipments and process them sooner. But this has been an ongoing complaint from Amazon FBA sellers. One seller posted, it appears the goal is to help Amazon prepare to receive the inventory. But when we currently use the Amazon partner carriers, the inventory check-in times have been a month after the shipment says it's already been delivered by UPS. I'm wondering if using a non-partnered carrier and providing a delivery window would expedite this check-in process. Seems like a natural question to ask. The answer, of course, unfortunately, was no. (laughs) Uh, We do not seek delivery windows when you use Amazon-partnered carriers as we gain information on your shipment's expected arrival directly from the carrier. So they're connected and that when you send that stuff in, they get the tracking information and they're already getting a delivery window. While we've been working on reducing check-in times using a non-partnered carrier versus a partnered carrier will not, they say impact your check-in process. So uh, again, if you're an Amazon seller using FBA, have you received this notice? Is this something that you think is going to affect you or anyone else that you know? Uh, But it's just kind of one more thing going on at Amazon, which makes me happy that I'm not over there. (laughs) Uh, so that's going to wrap the reselling news. Uh, now it's time for a little bit of what's sold. So this first item is really kind of a nothing burger of a sale. It's a, uh, life magazine from March of 1996, the happiest whale in the world. I sold it for $4 and 19 cents on an offer that I sent out plus shipping. But the the reason I'm bringing this one up, because it was just a really interesting note from the buyer. I'm the kid on the cover. Thanks for saving a copy for me. So uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see there is a, actually my head is blocking it, but there's a picture of a killer whale and a kid standing on the other side of the glass. And apparently the buyer of this item is the kid in the picture which is really cool. So again, it's a nothing burger of a sale. I'm into the magazine for probably a nickel. So I made a little bit of money on it, but it was just kind of a neat thing. Sometimes when buyers reach out and they have a cool story, it it makes the job a little more fun than just the money all the time. This was an interesting item I had picked up at an estate sale for a dollar, gosh, probably close to a year ago. I'm going to butcher this because I don't speak Italian, but it is uh, Massimi Eterne Sant'Alfonso Liguori. It's a pocket-sized religious book from 1924, all written in Italian. Sometimes I will take a gamble on foreign language books. A lot of times it's really difficult to find comps on them because nobody else has them. I was actually at an estate sale this last week that had a ton, I mean tables, full of really cool German language books, but I couldn't find comps on any of them. They were asking $3 a book, which is way over what I normally like to pay. So I ended up not buying many of them. I did pick up a couple, but foreign language books can be very difficult to research. In this case, since it was a dollar, I went ahead and and took it and gave it a shot. We sold this thing for $21.99 plus media mail shipping. I haven't talked about these in quite some time. Uh, You may recall, if you're a long-time listener, I had bought a big, big box of Schwinn bicycle catalogs from the 60s through the 80s, and I've still got just a couple of those left. If I recall right, I'm into these for like 16 or 18 cents a piece, and they have just been fantastic. This is one of the last ones that I had to sell. I actually had two of these at one point. The first one sold many, many moons ago. A Schwinn BMX and Youth Bicycles catalog from 1989. This is in my current uh, 30% off sale, sold for $23.09 plus customer paid shipping. So uh, if I ever stumble on another box of old bicycle catalogs, I will, uh, assuming they're not $100, (laughs) uh, I will be snapping them up. They were gold was an interesting piece from i believe 1936 or 1938 the mccormick deering ihc it's an instruction booklet for the little genius tractor plow number eight model number mcd 3936 really old like owner's manual instruction book on how to operate this old plow. It was in a box of old books. I didn't even know it was in there. So I didn't, I never even counted it into my inventory. So essentially it was a free item. It sold for $24.99 plus media mail shipping. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I had been, the last sale I went to was a garage sale and I bought like 102 books for $30. And I finally got around to listing all of those books and has already started to pay dividends. Here is I'd mentioned there were a lot of uh, old westerns in that this first lot of nine uh, Jensen series stories from William William W. Johnstone. So I packed the, in this big box. There were nine from this same particular series, the Jensen family, the brothers Jensen and so on. I put them all together in one lot of nine, priced it at $26.99 plus media mail shipping. I'm into these things, like I said, for what amounts to a little bit less than $0.30 cents a piece. I paid $30 for that entire lot. This one sold for 27 so I'm almost in the money. Here in about mm, two minutes, I will be fully in the money because <laughs> I have something else from that lot to share. Uh, so that sale has worked out very, very well. So that's a lot of nine. Paperbacks. This is, I think, the second week in a row. I've talked about lots of books. Individually, these things are selling for $3, 4 $5 free shipping. You build a lot of them and price them in about that range, and you can end up uh, clearing out a pretty good amount of inventory and making a pretty good lick on them right away. Something else I've not talked about in quite some time, model railroad magazines. This is a, a bound set there in a three ring binder from railroad model craftsman magazine. This is all 12 issues from 1967, uh, the full year from January to December. I've had this thing for a long, long time. It's in my current 30% off sale sold for $27.99 plus shipping. So, uh, I've talked about it before, old, Collections of magazines in some kind of binding can do really well. They can be kind of slow sellers sometimes, but this did uh, not bad. I'm into these for a buck fifteen a piece, so pretty nice flip. Would have been more fun at forty dollars than twenty eight, but we'll take it. Here's the second batch of those books from the the hundred and two lot that I purchased. Uh, Donald Clayton Porter. These were from the White Indian series. I did a lot of ten numbered nine through 18 that all had matching covers. I did another lot of six numbers, 20 through 26 that had different covers that all matched each other. So that's essentially how I did it. The books are all from the same series, but these were from different eras. I had one buyer that bought both of those lots. So 4598 again, plus media mail shipping. So between those two sales, I've, I've more than doubled my money and gotten out of all these books. So again, lots of books can be productive. And this will be the flip of the week. Uh, this was picked up at an estate sale for 50 cents. Virginia's History and Geography. It's a textbook from Charles Scribner's sons from 1965. This thing had really, really good value. The comps on it were very good. This one was in fantastic condition. I had it listed for $124.99 plus shipping. Uh, got a watcher, sent out a 15% off offer, and sold it for $106.24. So there is, as I talk about regularly, some money to be made in these old textbooks, which is kind of cool. So Virginia's History and Geography from 1965, if you find one of those out in your travels, uh, but think about picking that one up. It's, it's pretty good. I did want to share also, uh, I am running a sale right now, a friends and family discount in my eBay store. In addition to all the other things I've got going on, I'm running 15% off for anybody who uses the link that'll be in the description and the show notes below. So if you're interested in picking something up or you just want to go browse the store, click the link, go take a look 15% off, uh, no limit Buy as much as you want. So that is going to put a wrap on this week's show. I've already got some ideas in mind for next week as we're kind of fully into what people describe as the summer slowdown. So next episode, I'm going to have kind of some tips of some things that I'm trying to hopefully uh, alleviate the summer slowdown, probably not eliminate it, but certainly hopefully take a bite out of it. So be looking forward to that. That will be the next episode. And now it's time to sell. As always, thanks for listening. If you got something out of this, hey, yeah, last thing, before I click off here, do me a favor if you're watching on YouTube, smack that thumbs up button. If you're not currently a follower of the podcast or a subscriber to the YouTube channel, please do that as well. And now it's time to sell. Thanks, guys. You have been listening to the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you again next time.